Welcome to the Behind the Curtain Podcast, your real-world guide to real estate investment and property management. All right, welcome to another episode of Behind the Curtain Real Estate Podcast. I'm Brett Bernard with EPM Real Estate, and with me today is also Aaron Ivey, who's the principal broker in Enterprise Property Management at EPM Real Estate. You know, we talk a lot about investments, the process as far as what an investor goes through, uh, rate of return, types of properties. We talk a lot about strategy, but uh, one thing we haven't really talked about is the process that we use to assist an investor. And I really want to take some time and do that today to kind of go through our process in hopes that if you're listening to the podcast and you're a new investor, if you find an agent in another state that's not doing this for you, you need to dump that agent and find you somebody else. You know, what I find is that the more I can do for an investor in the investment process as far as getting an asset that's performing for them, the more successful that investor ends up being because they don't have the expertise that I might have or that Glenn may have or you may have. You know, we've been doing real estate for so long. We, we know a lot of the, the alligators are in the water that a lot of new investors don't see until one takes her leg off and they're trying to recover. Right. Yeah. You know, one of the things about uh, investors that are coming to Memphis for the first time is that they need help translating our city, our community. It's very difficult. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's we have a we have a, a very varied demographic here in our city. There's the people, right? But there's also the properties. And so investors need to hear from us what's risky, what's not risky. We need to understand what their goals are because there are a lot of people that come in. They say, I don't want to fix a upper. You know, I just want to clean it up and I'm going to get it out yep. there, you know, get it rented. and uh, and then there are other investors that say that they're willing to, to buy a fixer upper and basically mm-hmm. double what their purchase price was, you know, like buy a $60,000 house, put $60,000 in, have a house worth one fifty and have it rent for 1350 1400 yep. and so yeah you as a realtor i know one of your main focuses is understanding what their goals are right and, There's a process. and then assisting them with the knowledge that you have yeah, it's a simple process so if i get a call from an investor by the way if you need to reach out to me you can directly if you're interested in investing in the, in the tennessee market uh brett bernard 901-692-7401 call me 24 7 if i don't answer it's because i'm asleep other than that, I will answer and call you back. Yeah, Brad, Brad, Brad um, is And you can text him as well. Yeah, so, yeah. text me. Throw Absolutely. Me text. Matter of fact, I got a text from someone this morning uh, who listened to one of our podcast episodes and has a house over there near downtown. They sent me a box code and a comparables they ran themselves and want me to go check it out for them. Awesome. So they heard all the podcast. Hey, we're really glad that you're listening. You know, if you're if you're hearing us right now, we want you to know that the reason that we keep doing these podcasts is to, number one, stay in touch with our existing investors. They like to hear our voices. They like to hear, you know, how we're innovating and what we're doing now. There are going to be a lot of changes coming up in the real estate market, especially here in towns like like Memphis, where investment is popular, there are going to be more opportunities for single investors. But the other thing, as we've mentioned in previous podcasts, especially with Tina Tallarico on funding, is that funding is always changing too. And so you really, 
you really need to keep up with these changes as they're happening. So we're glad that you're listening. We want you to reach out to us, call us, ask for our advice. We're here to give it. Brett is a phenomenal resource. And so I just would encourage you to reach out to him. Ask him what his experience has been. Ask him what has worked for other investors. Uh, literally, Memphis is a street by street city. Mm-hmm. I, I say that to everybody. And some people are like, oh, okay, yeah. Street. No, literally street by street. You can have million dollar homes on one street and literally be Section 8 housing one block over. Now, there are certain pockets in Memphis that aren't like that, small pockets, but majority of Memphis is very hodgepodge. It really is. When an investor calls me, the first thing I do is I take the time without any distractions just to talk to them. I, don't, I just don't talk about business. I find out a little bit about who they are. You know, are they married, get kids? So I understand I can try to understand what their risk level is. If you're 30 years old, got a couple of small children, married, your risk level is going to be relatively small. If you're 22 years old, your hair's on fire, you have no kids, and you got some money in the bank, your risk level is going to be a lot higher at that point. So I I first try to understand who they are, understand a little bit about them, and then try to, to determine their risk tolerance, their level of ouch that they're willing to go to. I spent a lot of time talking about the markets, like what you said, the Raleigh's, the White Havens. And I try to give as best description of the neighborhood by grading it from A to an F. Memphis doesn't have a lot of Fs. They got a few. But the majority of Memphis is about a C, C plus. That's pretty average. And that's a future podcast topic, by the way. We've, okay. Yeah, I've done some research. Brett's done some research. It's time that we caught you up. This is towards the, the end of the summer, which means that things are slowing down just a little bit. The Fed is messing with our interest rates. And so things are slowing down just a little bit for us. It's just going to be long enough, I think, for us to be able to bring you some of the information that we've learned from having operated this entire city. And Brett, you're the reason why we are in a lot of those neighborhoods. I often roll my eyes at night, and I'm like, why am I in this neighborhood? Oh, yeah, Brett. Well, I, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I do go in some neighborhoods, and I stop and just look. I'm like, what the hell am I doing Sure. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I, but I know why you're there, and it's because that's where the opportunity is. Well, if an investor calls me and is interested in a home in a, a bad neighborhood, I tell them it's a bad neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Crime's going to be a problem. When we go back to my discussion with an investor, that's the one thing I zero in on is what are you looking for? Some some investors, like you said, they want a $30,000 house in a bad neighborhood with great return on investment and the risk is high. Some want three twos only, want to take a three one. Some wants, you know, a brick home. Some want homes that are built after the 80s. So I, I really zero in on what their goals are, what they're looking for. The step two of that would also then be to zero in on what kind of return they're expecting. Typically, we go for the 1%. Pay on a grand for a house, you rent for 1000 a month. Some investors use 10% gross, which is actually less than the 1%. Right. Some want a 12% ROI, cash on cash, with a cap rate of 8%. So there's all these different variables. And most investors that call me for the first time have no clue what any of that means. Right. All they tell me is that I want to make 250 bucks a month. Okay. After expenses, after management, after whatever. But I can from that point, I can kind of click into what we need to do. So I'll guide them toward Raleigh or Whitehaven. If they're looking for that 10, 11, 12% RI, you can still spend 80 grand on a house, rent it for 950 a month, and your RI exceeds the 1%, so it's a good return. Right. Not to mention, those properties seem to increase in value faster because they pretty much remain a rental property forever and ever. And the, the value of those properties is now very tightly wound with the rent comps. Mm-hmm. If a house goes to $1,400 a month tomorrow, well, guess what? A smart agent's going to list that house for 135 even though a CMA says it's only worth 120 Right. It's cash flow. And in a hot market, you can do that. 
So step one of that is get to understand who these investors are, know who they are, understand what they do for a living, understand their mentality, understand their risk level. Once that's done, the next step would be to set them up with a search. I'm still flabbergasted that most agents, a lot of agents don't use this tool. Right. It's a phenomenal tool. So you tell me, we determine you want to be in Whitehaven, you want to spend between seventy dollars and $125,000, and you want a 1% return or higher. I would go set you up a, a search in Raleigh, for instance. You'll get a, a list every single day at 5 p.m. of every property that's available with pictures, realtor remarks, list price, and even a map of every single property that is available that fits the exact criteria that you and I discussed that we put into the system. You know, a lot of people go through Zillow and and Redfin and all that, and they go through property after property after property. This narrows it down to where you understand exactly what you're looking at. This is exactly what I want. It's such a professional search, and this is Paragon. Mm -hmm. Part of the uh, MLS system. Yeah, part of the set of realtor tools that are realtor only. And the great thing about Paragon is that you don't have to weed through all of the poor reporting. When you go on Zillow and look, guys, we love Zillow. It's like we don't we don't love it. But it's a 30,000 foot overview. That's what Zillow needs to be for people. There are agents that list list properties based on Zillow's value. And I I find that hilarious. It, It is funny. But the thing about Zillow, too, is that it is late in reporting. Yes. Um, whether or not a house has a contract on it, whether or not it's been sold. And so how many times have you had investors call you and say, oh, oh this is the one. I want this one. And then you you like yeah. go on the MLS. Spend, you're like, uh, it, closed it closed two weeks ago. That's right. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. so, so we're trying to save you time yeah. by putting you on this Paragon. And the other cool thing about Paragon is you never have to shut it off. Like if you say, you know what? I don't I just don't feel like 2022 is going to be the year that I'm going to buy. Just pause it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You can pause it if you want. I can adjust criteria in a matter of minutes. If you say, hey, I'm looking at the, the 100,000 homes. I want to go to 150. I can adjust that in minutes and your your, your list will change. The beauty of it is, is you literally can be an armchair investor, right? Sitting in your chair with your laptop looking at properties. That's the beautiful thing about Paragon. If you do it right and you do the parameters right, then you can really narrow your search down to exactly what you're looking for as an investor. Yeah. And let me tell you this, too, that we have investors who are also realtors where they live. Okay, that's what they do for their profession. Those realtors like 100 percent appreciate the MLS and they understand the value of it. They would much rather see an MLS listing like a like an actual breakdown of the property that's reported through the MLS than they would turning over rocks and like looking into weird websites and like this one is going down the rabbit hole right this is a a wholesaler and and does that work and how does it so instead these realtors that are buyers they're also like hey i got the mls i looked this up it said this i'm interested in that and so just know that in our industry that is a very very valuable product it is so we we set up a search um and i'm apparently i'm a a unicorn agent my phone's on 24-7. I always answer, <laughs> even on Saturdays and Sundays. If I'm out on my boat and my phone rings, I pick up the phone and I answer it. Hi, this is Brett. How can I help you? Apparently, investors like that. Um, Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I've been called a unicorn because I actually answer the phone and call people back. So my next step for every investor wants to set your search up is I tell you, anything that shows up that catches your eye, you shoot me a text. What do you think about this address, Brett? Give me time. I'll put together a 30,000-foot overview. I'll send you the MLS listing sheet. I'll send you a MAR data report. I'll send you rent comparables. I'll grade the neighborhood and tell you what I think about the area. And then I'll even offer 
or assist and make a suggestion on a possible offer. Do we offer asking? Well, it's been on the market 60 days. Let's go below asking. Well, it's been on the market one day. Great. Let's offer asking with an escalation clause of $5,000. For those of you who don't know what escalation clause is, they became very popular this year. When we were fighting to buy homes, that's where you, you, you make an offer and you have an escalation clause that says, I'm offering you 100000 but I'll pay up to 105000 in increments of 1000 above the highest offer. So it allows you to be more competitive. So once we determine, yes, we want that property, I make my suggestion, they make their decision on the offer price, then we just put an offer together and authentic sign electronically, get the proof of funds, and send it out. That's the easy part of being a realtor. And unfortunately, that's when most realtors kick back, put their feet on the desk, and wait for it to close, right? They're done. They allow the investor to deal with trying to figure out who's doing the inspection. If you're lucky, maybe your agent will get you the, the lease and rent roll that you've asked for in a contract so you can review it and make sure you got a good tenant when you buy it. At that point, I find most agents become, even even listing agents that I'm doing business with on behalf of my buyers now, they go dark. Yeah. I send emails I won't hear from them for days. It's like once they get a contract, they just stop. But not me. The unicorn is different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, when we get to work with Brett tightly in property management and our head of onboarding, as we've mentioned before, works directly with Brett. And so property management is involved very, very quickly. And Brett freely sends the leads over to me, also to my leasing manager, Melinda. And so that we can talk about what property management looks like. The hand in hand approach to preserving your best interest as you are acquiring a property is really, really key. And the cool thing about being at Enterprise is that it's all under one roof. Mm-hmm. Brett walks in, talks to us, and now we know stuff. There were two points that that I thought about as you were talking, and you were talking about agents going dark. One is timely action. But time is of the essence. That's what we say as realtors. An investment game it is. Oh, it's absolutely. Yeah, time is of the essence. And things are going to become, you know, they've been competitive, but they're going to become more competitive in a different way moving forward. And it's going to be about who you know, not necessarily how much you know Mm -hmm. as to whether or not you're going to get that property that you're interested in acquiring. One of the things about Brett, and then also about me, is that we love annoying people if we're not getting the answer we need. We will call them twice a day. We will call them three times a day. We will reach out to their broker. So the, the point is, a lot of these realtors that we work with are slow to act. And that's not good enough for us. We know that your best interest is for us to take action quickly. And so we will pound them in order to get them to respond. Well, the real estate market changes daily. Oh it gosh. literally changes daily, especially here in Memphis. Now you add interest rates, not knowing when they're going up again, what they're going to. Getting a contract in place so someone who's using commercial lending can go ahead and get their loan locked in is extremely important. And 24 hours can be devastating for an investor's rate of return based on what they're calculating. So yeah, time is very, very, very important. Yeah. And the other thing that I thought about too is timely documentation. And this is the great thing about Brett. So I will often say to Brett, like he'll sell a package, there'll be 10 houses, 20 houses involved in the package. And our head of onboarding says, I really need those leases in advance of closing so that we can see what we're working with, what property management is going to inherit mm-hmm. when that sale closes. Uh, and Brett is, you know what? He gets them as soon as he has them, they are in our inbox. Yep. Here's a quick caution. The last thing that you want to, or last scenario that you want to find yourself in as a buyer is somebody promising, promising, promising to have the documentation to you. You get within five days of closing 
And now all of a sudden you've got to do some radical calculation to determine whether or not you're going to go to closing. Having that information in a timely manner is really, really important, especially with occupied properties. And Brett, hilarious, like it does so many things that an agent wouldn't have to do. I remember at least one package where you went around and you had tenants sign estoppels, like you've knocked doors, you've been in situations, but they don't make you uncomfortable. You realize that that is what the contract requires. Let's face it. Anybody can get a real estate license, right? We've met some people that quite frankly, after meeting them, I'm like, how in the hell did you even pass the test? But being a good investment agent is not about the test. It's not about getting a license. It's about how you approach the process, how you approach your investors' goals, and do everything you can to help them achieve those goals. But now that we've gotten through the initial discussion, we set up a search, we found a property, wrote a contract. That contract's now been accepted and bound. Earnest money's been sent in. Uh, the next step, and a lot of my investors are shocked when I tell them this. The next step, they're like, well, I need to get an inspection. Can you recommend somebody? I'm like, I already got that lined up. Inspections are next Wednesday. Oh, really? I'm like, yeah. I've I've lined up the inspector, termite guy, and I have a contractor ready to walk with me and the two inspectors on the day of inspection. So not only are we getting an inspection report and termite report, we're also getting a contractor's view on an initial, probably going to need about five, six grand worth of work. So now we have at least a number we can negotiate with if we need to negotiate that price backwards. Once we accomplish that, I've already sent the contract to the title company. We've already lined up title work to be pulled. I'm handling all of this for you. At that point, we'll go through the process, we'll negotiate terms, we'll settle on a price based on repairs, we'll have a bid from a contractor so that you know exactly what you're going to be paying to get it done when it's over, uh, once you close. And at that point, we just wait until we're ready to close. Once we close, most agents do what? Become genies and go back in the bottle. Right. And you never hear from them. Um, No, not me. Um, I I actually then take it a step further. I make sure they get onboarded EPM. And then I stay involved in that asset long term. Right. Like I'm still, you know, Michael Gibson and other investors of mine that bought homes three years ago. Right. Guess what? I just talked to Michael yesterday. He called with a question. Yeah. Um, I stay involved in your asset to make sure it's performing properly. Right. I'm not going to just poof and get my commission check and disappear. You're going to hear from me. I'm going to check in with you every couple months. Say, hey, how's it going? Anything you need me to do for you? I tell every investor when you close, if you need anything, I don't care what it is, anything at all regarding your asset, just call me. Shoot me a text. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had some confusion between investors and management a couple times, and they just, you know, they came to me, I came to you, and boom, done. We fixed it. So that's my process, and I think that's why we've been so successful. I've done an enormous amount of sales this year, and the only investors I've lost have been investors that I have fired (laughs) because, uh, for one reason or another, I've gotten rid of. But our investors stay with us. So that that's our process. And that we put a lot of time, we put a lot of effort into our investors, not just short term to make a commission, but long term. And that's key to our success. And if you're in another state and you're listening to this podcast and you're looking in properties that aren't in Tennessee, if you are looking in Tennessee, 901-692-7401, call or text me. My name is Brett Bernard. I'm the best agent you've ever had. But if you're in other states, you should demand that the agents that you pick up that are going to represent you, that are going to make 
a decent amount of money off of your business that you're buying, you need to demand that they pick up the torch and run with it for you. They need to make sure that you're not able to step foot in their city. So they need to make sure that you have got every advantage as if you had landed there yourself and walked the house yourself. Pictures, videos, reports, inspections, opinions, all that has to be provided to you for you to feel comfortable. So make sure that your agent is giving you that kind of a service. I think all agents should do that service. All agents should give that level of service, but let's face it. Most agents are just lazy. They're just not going to. It's it's a work ethic. You know, like one of the things that I look for when I hire people is do do they have a work ethic? It's a temperament, even if it has to be coached a little bit. In my opinion, it's something you're born with. We've both got kids. And so when I look at my kids, I, I know which ones that need some help, <laughs> you know, with their, with their work. There's ethic. always that one. There's always the one. <laughs> Agents are the same way. Property managers on the same are the same way. You learn pretty quickly right through experience Mm -hmm. when you find somebody that does not have a good work ethic and, and you know, it's not their fault. They just, they don't have it. If they don't have it, they don't have it. And listen, that is like a really important point just in general in real estate. If something doesn't work, it doesn't work. If property management is not working for you and your experience, it's, it may not improve. You don't need to expect it to improve. If you're working with an agent that is really, really struggling and you've presented your concerns to that agent and they don't improve in what they're doing, they're not going to improve. So this is definitely a Fisher cut bait kind of market. So what do we call this episode? How to find a good agent? <laughs> I don't That's know. That's what we need to call it. Uh, because I mean, fr- frankly, I'm, I'm just tired of dealing with some of the agents I deal with and understanding that they're just lazy. Um, they don't have a process. They just kind of fly by the seat of their pants. We have a specific process. Right. We call it concept to retirement. We're involved from the time you come up with the concept to be the next Donald Trump and call me all the way through you know, retirement when you're ready to liquidate your assets and retire or whatever you're going to do. Our concept's built around that, not just a one and done. Thanks for the commission check. Have a nice day. Yeah. And I mean, we've got an excellent model too. Uh, guys, my father is the one that started this company and he started it. Gosh, Enterprise was started in 1985 and he's still a practicing realtor. People who purchase through Bill Ivy can still call him on the phone or ask for advice or say, Bill, this is what I'm going through. Can you help me out? Just had a talk with him this morning. He's one of the sharpest men uh, of with a 42, 44 year career that I've ever known. And it, it is the antithesis of lazy. Oh, yeah. Thank you for listening to Behind the Curtain Podcast, your real-world guide to real estate investment and property management. Be sure to subscribe at BehindTheCurtainPodcast.com. And if you'd like to learn more about Enterprise Property Management's real estate services, please visit us on the web at EPMRealEstate.com. This has been a Sound Ideas Group production for Enterprise Property Management, Inc. Oh, 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 oh,